Um, Gabby, how's every little thing? Zoe, it's great. I'm doing finals, which everyone knows is highly enjoyable and slightly sensual. <laughs> I feel like you've been doing finals for ever. It's been about 12 years, and <laughs> I've really just accepted it and gotten used to it. Uh, yeah, that's really that's literally all I got going on. Just working. But they're on almost the over. Yeah, they're almost they're al- over. I don't... And then you're going to the um the special place? Yes, I'm going to go to the special place so someone can touch my special place. <laughs> what about you? We all know that you were desperately, mortally ill. I went, yeah, I went to a wedding oh, and in that. South Carolina. And my stepmother was sick the whole time. And then on the last day, my dad was sick. And I was like, had the little, had the little tickle, you know? So I'm sure the end of the story um, is that you didn't get sick. The end of the story is, I was fine. Hooray. <laughs> uh, no, I got so sick. Oh, my God. I have not been that sick in a really, really long time. Uh, I think it it was really re- I don't want to talk too long about my fucking illness, but like it was just a really bad chest cold. And I am was telling Gabby before we started recording, I'm full of humors, bodily humors that are exiting my person. Um, so I might be a little... Um, there might be some coughing or whatever. We'll try and edit it out, but... Right. Um, I mean, when the doctor applied the leeches, he did let us know that some of the bad biles might be, like, more unbalanced than they should be. I lost a lot of good bile. I lost a lot of good yes. bile. Uh, like, listeners, like, just so you know, Zoe did a report, I believe, in seventh grade about, like, medieval like medicine, and there was things about black biles and green biles, and I've carried that knowledge that she shared with me from that day to this. <laughs> Me too. There was. I also definitely did a part of it on the homunculus or whatever, yes. which is like, yeah, whatever one believed was in your brain or something was like a tiny man. Yes, and it was also how they <laughs> believed babies were made was that when you like squirted it in a lady, it was just a man came out of your penis and went inside her body right. and grew. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I teach when I when I teach sex education. Oh, good. Yeah. No, I'm glad that that's yeah. Your the whole thing is I just put up ancient... posters that says "Don't let the man out of your penis" and then I leave. <laughs> God, it's uh, Baba Duke of yesteryear. <laughs> Don't let the man out of your penis. Anyway, um, great. Well, then let's get cracking. Let's get to it. Well, great. Do you have something to say about that? I do. Gentle listeners, picture, if you will, a dinghy floating on a sun-dappled creek that winds its way through the WB network offerings of old. You grab an oar and make your way upriver. As you round a bend, you spot us, your humble podcast hosts, on a dock ahead. Two creep shows in full 90s regalia. We beckon you on. Come moor your vessel with us for an hour or so in this kinder, gentler land. We're two smoke shows with a friendship older than Y2K and a love for Dawson's Creek that was born 10 years too late. We'll be re-watching and reviewing every episode of D Creek in chrono order, Spoiler free. You can watch along or just tune in for our hot takes on feminism, fashion, emotions, and the studliest 90s teen to ever grace a screen. Pacey Witter. Woo! Woo! Oh, what the, what humors I have left are bursting or whatever. Mine are all just like <laughs> skittering down to my penis man. Yeah, who's fully erect. The whole man. Um, So today we're on episode four. <laughs> Which is funny to me. It's taken us a good seven months to make it through four episodes. We started this second podcast in a time in our lives when we were both really busy. A time of great <laughs> so, upheaval, revolution. So we're doing the best we can, and I think that's great. 
And I personally welcome uh, an excuse, nay, a mandate to watch Dawson's Creek every once in a while. You know, I do too. That because you said that in the chat or whatever on Facebook, and I it's it's the same for me. I watching this today, it just feels good. Or when I, you know, it's hard not to keep going. It really is. Especially when you know what's happening, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, it's so pathetic because literally nothing is happening plot wise. But this is like one of the first episodes where I was like, I felt like invigorated, like, oh, like things are really starting to heat up in Cape Side, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. no, they're not. I know every plot twist that's coming and they are very small, but I know, I, know. I still was yeah, getting a little, a little flutter in my heart. Same. I mean, this is when like the drama is starting to heat up in the show. Up until now, it's sort of been like you know, relegated to sort of teen stuff. And, and I mean, the whole show is teen stuff, obviously, but it's definitely been sort of crushes and whatnot. But now we have like some real sex, some real um, infidelity. It's like when all those uh, hymens were burst last episode, mostly kissing hymens, then uh, exactly all the plot points came rushing out. Yeah, it's kind of like in Game of Thrones where before a big battle episode, there'll be kind of like a scene setting. Like I feel like these first few episodes yes. were setting the scene for the melee that's that's upon us. Exactly. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, like the calm before the storm, for sure. And by melee, I mean some very low energy fights and no revelations (laughs) of infidelity to anyone involved in that relationship yet. Right. And mostly just like a lot of knit brows and, you know, disapproving looks from Joey. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this episode uh, premiered February 10th, 1998. So a little before we were learning about Biles, I believe. That's five days before my mom's birthday. Wow. Just so you know. Wow. (laughs) Some other historical moments. Uh, That day in history, AOL raised their monthly flat rate internet access from 1995 (gasps) to 2195. Uh, uh, Unacceptable. I I mean, think of all the people using, was it dial-up still? No, I don't think so. Um, 98, 98. Yeah, dial-up. Like, getting on there to uh, go on Dreamfire. I don't think there's Dreamfire yet to, like, write out their transcripts of Dawson's Creek episodes that who knew, like, 20 years later I would be accessing. I know. Yeah. No, uh, I think that it was still dial-up and, like, some people might have had – this is important. We're going to figure this out. Some people might have had DSL. Oh, some people still have DSL. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say something disgusting. If anyone needs education at home, that's dick-sucking lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and also high-speed internet before Wi-Fi. <laughs> Go figure. Speaking of DSL, voters in Maine repealed a gay rights law passed in 97, becoming the first U.S. state to abandon said law. So that's nice. Interesting <laughs> that Dawson law? says that his uh, dad got in a moped accident in Maine, maybe like casting some aspersions on Maine and their anti-gay stance that only happened on the day this aired. Oh, interesting. It on is... the day it aired. So they like just added that in last minute. Given <laughs> not to spoil, but like who cares? There there will be gay storylines later in this show. And it is interesting to set the scene of like this is where we are as a culture. That Maine of all places is striking down gay rights laws. Well, I definitely, yeah. Like I definitely think of sort of late 90s, early 2000s as the time of, I mean, also that's when like my person became politically as politically active as I would probably ever be going to like rallies and, and such. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know my view of those of that time frame is kind of colored, but definitely like, it makes sense that, that, that this is when we started ha- talking about gay stuff. Well, okay. 
we're <laughs> like a Dawson's Creek is when gay stuff started to be on TV mm-hmm. and uh, in like a real way. And so I think that that really makes sense to me, Absolutely. even though we're making up a reference to a main thing, <laughs> to a real thing that happened in Maine. Yeah, because I, I think you're right. There had been like one off characters or like very special episodes. But this was like one of the first shows that like heads up, guys, there's going to be a long term gay on this show. Right. Not that we get right. to see him kiss a lot, but. But, you know, and how they handle it is kind of weird. But, we'll, you know what? We'll burn we're, that bridge. We're going we to break that all down for you. Uh, so sorry. Last last tragic note. Oh, sorry. February yeah, 10th, 1998. Buddy, the Wonder Dog, a.k.a. Airbud, dies of cancer, age oh nine. God. Oh, my God. Wow. Had to be cancer. Did you watch those movies? I didn't. I was, like, a little too old for them, I think. Oh, I yeah. I don't remember. Me, too. No, you love them. You're still watching them every night. Cracks open an Airbud. <laughs> uh, yeah, crack time. open an Airbud with the boys. <laughs> a cold fresh air bud i definitely do remember those movies though i think i was into any movie like uh not fly away home although that one too but what's the one where all the the animals find their way home twice oh 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 uh and they all have sassy oh adult actor voices and the cat is yeah. obviously the only woman because all dogs are men right. and all cats are women yeah and she's a bitch oh god what is that her called? name is literally sassy yeah I homeward know. bound Homeward Bound. So I think yeah. for me, like, I didn't, I've heard other podcasts talk about this. Like, I wasn't at the age yet where I understood that things could be good or bad. I just wanted them in terms of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just movies. And I wanted to watch yeah. them all unless they were boring adult movies. So, That's like, true, yeah. it was just, like, that and Homeward Bound. And I was like, these are all about dogs and animals, uh, dogs and animals, dogs and humans, and kids who need support, free willy. These are all the same thing. Uh, see, I saw the rest of those. Maybe just Airbud missed me because I was, I don't know. Maybe you were a more discerning pre-adolescent i mean i doubt it but maybe i mean you already had your weird owl going you're uh did love my weird owl i I, but i did love uh homeward bound for sure watch that a ton did you watch the second one a ton i no i I don't think i've seen the second it was basically the babe two pig in the city of the franchise Shut up, really? because babe two pig in the city rules i mean okay maybe i'm overselling it mostly just because i remember they were in a city okay I see. I see what you're. I see your connection there. Babe Two Pig in the City is an incredible movie. I need to go back because that was like too much when I saw it as a kid. I was like, I can't handle this level of emotional intimacy. Oh, for sure. Let you know, I'm giving you some homework. Watch Babe Two Pig in the City, and we're gonna address it in episode five, guys, of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> as we grow our audience, they're each gonna come back every week to see how we did in our homework. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, next next month, uh, I'll watch. Uh, <laughs> if Zoe doesn't expire first, she will have seen Airbud when next we meet, and I will have rewatched Babe 2, Pig in the City. Oh, this is going to be great. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about this dang, ding, ding, diddly, dang show. Oh my God, um, let's. Dawson turns to Jen for comfort after learning about his mom's affair with her co-anchor, Bob, as well as Joey's knowledge of it. But he regrets doing so when Jen tells him some of her own problems involving her promiscuity and the real reason her parents forced her to move to Capeside. Meanwhile, Pacey and Tamara continue to temp fate with their... I believe you meant tempt, IMDb. <laughs> temp fate with their affair, which was compromised because Dawson accidentally videotaped it. Biddly bum 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 question has up until all this uh, 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 Hmm. has every episode including this one started in dawson's room are they like doing a thing yes and i was wondering that because i think you're right because i thought of the same thing i think this is like that you're they're doing a thing exactly 
Right. Which is, I like it, but they drop it pretty unceremoniously, it seems. I mean, I'm pretty sure every episode, I guess they probably figured like, oh shit, at some point these kids are going to move out of this house or whatever. <laughs> like, like, but. Well, I also think we, I think we talked about this before, but this is like the beginning of serialized television taking advantage of the serialized thing. So they're obviously not mm-hmm. on a Buffy level. So I think this is probably an example of things that they were like, hey, every week we'll start the same way. And it probably just dropped off without anyone even noticing. Oh, absolutely. I didn't notice until I watched this episode. And I was like, oh, and I, how many times have I seen Dawson's Creek in the fullness of time? Like so many. Right. And I think it is supposed to ground us in like, this is like Dawson's Creek. This is Dawson and this is his creek. And this is like his imagine his uh, mind palace or whatever, where all his yep. his movie dreams come true. Yeah, right. Like the beginning portion of the show before the... um opener music or whatever it's supposed to be like kind of removed almost from the rest of the episode where like we talk a little bit about some rhetoric and like joey can be like you know uh we all grow up someday but i hate it and dawson's can dawson can be like no you can stay young forever or like whatever well no, i think it also probably is supposed to help us because like the whole everything at this point is about like this long confusing conversation about whether Dawson and Joey can still be friends as adolescents so at least it's like checking in and being like as of now they still are friends like look at them this is their thing Mm -hmm. they do this every night right and so like no matter what happens in the rest of this episode we always come back to Dawson and Joey who are like their friendship is impenetrable Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yes (laughs) tiniest yes (laughs) So uh, what I love jumping into this scene is that the movie they're watching is Dawson's movie. And the footage they're watching is the footage from the television show Dawson's Creek of Jen arriving in Cape Side. <laughs> yeah. What's your problem with that? <laughs> uh, so great that apparently that was also shot by his eyeball cameras. <laughs> his eyeball cameras. It's good that we can have that footage. That's so important. Yeah. Again and again, we start with a a timeless Joey rant about like, like setting up Jen's whole fake life and with like uh, tropes that she imagines Jen fits into. She says specifically, she's going to do well in her SATs, go to a small liberal arts college in New England, major in art history and marry a man. She meets at the American cup viewing party. American cup, (laughs) according to my Google searches seems to be sailing related. Yes, I. that's about as much I know about it, is that it's some sort of boat thing. I believe it's supposed to be an indicator of rich people. Yes. Yeah, right. And, like, jo- uh, Joey's eternal struggle against the rich people that she serves yes. at the, like, ice house and whatever, wherever she goes. I mean, I, I will say it doesn't sound bad to me. No. This fake, uh, as Dawson puts it, her Nostradamus predictions of Jen's life. <laughs> I mean, truly, she's just, like, lays it all out for Jen's entire life and it's just like a face like that leaves nothing to the imagination in reaction <laughs> to because again about? Dawson is like creaming into his dungarees about being like that hair that face I can't remember everything he says and it's like obviously she's a gorgeous uh, like angel from heaven but she's also looks like a literal baby especially in that footage I know well it's just so bizarre like I'm sure there are like I know for a fact there are people that would talk this way about a human being to their best friends but it's so like I know we've never done no, it. No, I've always just been like, <laughs> their dick is good. Right, right. <laughs> I did just want to say quickly, from a sartorial perspective. Oh, hit me. God, I'm so excited. In this scene, uh, Joey is wearing what appears to be a cropped drug rug, which is that the style of like sweater she's wearing. Oh, why is it called a drug rug? Because it's like a stereotypical thing that like, uh, 
you know, a weed head wears. Like, it's just sort of part of drug culture. They're usually made from, like, hemp or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to circle back and get Mike one for his birthday. It will be a crop top. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, make sure it's cropped. I've never seen a crop one before. It's worth saying. I'm sure... Mike has had one before at some point in his life, a hundred percent certain in in my heart. Like Emma's definitely had one, you know. That's All the right, kind that of article of clothing out. it is. But yeah, I just I've never seen a cropped one, and I've certainly never seen a, a person like Joey wear one. I just it, it's 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 the equivalent of her wearing like a cropped, um maybe like Grateful Dead t-shirt, right. like kind of ironically. <laughs> I do feel like that is a bit of a 90s thing of like everyone had hem jewelry, everyone had the yeah. tie-dye. I can't think of any other examples of stoner things, but everyone had them. No, you're totally right. It was like the cool hip thing to do. And we were also at the same time going through that, as you'll remember, that surge of like hippie stuff being cool mm-hmm. again. Everyone wanted to wear sort of vintage stuff. Or like travel through a hallway that went back in time that was called Hippie Hallway. For example, off the top of my head. Is that, when do you think straight edge culture began? Just to keep it strictly on topic. <laughs> uh, I feel like that would be when... Emo? It's hard to say because it only came, you know, we we came of age, like, what is, when did we go to high school? Like 2002? Two. Two. Yeah. So my feeling is that it in the early aughts there, the 2000s. Same. Because I kind of feel like yeah. maybe, so what I'm thinking is maybe it was a response to this like druggy re-embracing the hippies moment. Because I also associate it with like emo, whatever that was. Yes. Which I never fully grasped, but whatever kind of music that is. Yeah, I don't know about music. Anyway, uh, watching this episode made me really realize on, like, I, I've known it looking at it, but it's just crazy how different the quality of the of Dawson's Creek as a TV show, like, the physical film quality is from other shows that we have now. Like, I, it's so obvious, but it was just really striking me in this one scene. Like, there's a baseball hat on the wall behind them that looks photoshopped in because it's just so, <laughs> like, grainy and weird in general. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, at one point, and later in this episode, uh, Joey and Jen are in the ice house, and, you know, things happen, and uh, shots get too dark or whatever, and they have to e- edit them after the fact, but it's so blown out that it kind of looks like they're in heaven. <laughs> like me! <laughs> like, yeah, yes, exactly like you right now. Um, yeah, that it's... it's uh... Oh, shit, I was going to say. Oh, because um, it's like, I, I know in late, late, later seasons, it also takes this other weird bend in quality where I think it's probably like HD right. digital that they're using. And I it's weird because this is so much crappier looking, but I like it so much more because it's so like the way it is grainy and weird with the lighting is like so much more textured than. Um... Oh, the HD thing is uh, atrocious. Yes. Yeah. Some people can't see it. Like, I, I just read something about this on Reddit the other oh. day. Because it really... Bu- or maybe Emma told me. Which is basically the same thing. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because um, it always... Every time Emma and I go on vacation, like we did for that wedding, the first thing we always do is, like, turn off the HD on the TV. <laughs> or we... When I say we, I mean Emma, because I don't know how to do it. But that's always, like, thing number one. And Emma was telling me, probably, about how some people don't notice it and, like, can't tell the difference about how HD huh. stuff looks like weird video. Yeah. And it, it like, bums me out to my core. So it's just wild. It makes some it look so, like, notice. fake and flat. Yeah. yeah. No, it does. Like, weird digicam, like... Yeah. Anyway. Um, digicam two things... the champions. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> two things that I wanted to say about this scene before we moved yes. on. 
Uh, and the first one is Dawson also says there's a lot of like terms in this episode that Dawson wants to use to show that he does film stuff. Uh-huh. For example, in this scene, he asks jo- uh, Joey to hand him that. He's like, hand me that B-roll over there. <laughs> but it's just like a tape. Like he could have just said, hand me that right, tape. I, I don't mean, know. Doesn't B-roll just mean like we shot it to be like extra if we need like interstitials of like that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah so that could be any yeah. tape. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not a different kind of tape. It's just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Interstitials and stuff. It's about the content, not the like quality of the tape. I'm picturing a writer like sidling up to one of the like, I don't know, guys who operates the camera. DP? Nope. Anyway. Um, and <laughs> being like, hey, 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 give me a film word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, don't, they don't want you to, to mistake that uh, Dawson's into film in case you could possibly forget. And then later he says something about dailies that we'll mm-hmm. talk about when we get there. And I was like, again, that's just tapes. Like all, everything you're saying is just. <laughs> he also uses the phrase pre-dubbing. Is that different than ADR? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway. That I don't know. Uh, and the second thing I want to talk oh, yeah. about is here we see horny Joey horns up again. Yes. Uh, and I wanted to say that I am so upset that I never registered this latent horniness from Joey until this viewing. Because, again, I've seen it so many times, and it never occurred to me that Joey is just, like, on horny fire. Absolutely tooply. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100%. Because, just again, to set the scene, they're, like, watching his 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 not dailies, but like, I think maybe a rough cut of the movie or something yeah. like that. And if you'll his remember, his camera was a run in when, uh, Pacey and, uh, Tamara or Tamara, Tamara, Tamara. <laughs> I feel like people in the show say it differently too. So, yes, and we have said it know. five Let's... different ways for each episode that we have recorded. Right. So, right. Um, so they, they captured that. Um, so they're kind of watching the stuff talking about how Dawson's parents anniversary is coming up. And then they notice that this uh, very sexy footage, <laughs> very sexy, very sexy. incredibly miraculously zoomed in on just Tamara's face, even though they quote, mm-hmm. just left the camera running and ran away. Right. And because again, we cannot, we're not supposed to be able to see that Pacey is Pacey. They never kiss on the lips. He just kisses her neck and she looks <laughs> into the sky sad. You know all the sex that you've had when all you do is just like nuzzle each other's necks while you're just pumping away? And just look into the air above their shoulder like you're thinking <laughs> through all the terrible decisions you've made and are yet to make. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you're familiar. And I love how long it takes them to identify that that's them. Like obviously first Joey has to be like super horned up and be like, it's mm-hmm. evidently watchable. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, and then she's like, oh, oh my God. Do you like brush the hair out of it? It takes them like 20 minutes to be like, if you brush the hair out of her face that we're looking straight at. I know. Like, I, I, I'm i not sure you would have that much trouble IDing your English teacher in a sex film. <laughs> like, come on. And especially, again, it is zoomed in. So literally the only thing in frame is her face. Is her big old face, right? And I love. I'm on the full screen. I don't know if maybe the actress, uh, Katie Holmes, didn't realize how far back the shot was, but you can see her hands on her lap. And so, like, not only is Joey saying stuff that makes her sound super horned out by this footage, but her hands are, like, curling into little claws. <laughs> like, she, all the tension in her vagina is being translated into her paws, and it's amazing. God, she's so horny. It's so good. I can't believe I didn't notice. Well, that's actually a good oh, transition, because in the next scene in the SS Ice House, when they're discussing this tape, I can't remember what exactly it's in response to, um, but Pacey does say to Joey... 
Uh, it's really clever how you turn all that sexual repression into humor. So it's interesting that he's <laughs> clocked her most important character trait. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. It's almost like those two have some kind of a bond. I don't know. And she also says of the man that she doesn't know is Pacey in the film that all you can tell about him is he has brown hair and throbbing neck muscles. <laughs> God, she wants it so bad. Like, if I had a nickel for every time you described a guy or girl that you had seen who you were infatuated by and you told me all about the state of their neck muscles, I'd be a rich woman. <laughs> just, like, constantly. I'm just like, and another thing about this person's neck muscles. Throbbing. So, yeah, after they watch the tape, uh, the next scene is them all in the ice house discussing it, which is when we find out about the brown hair and the throbbing neck muscles. And um, Pacey is clearly disturbed uh, and actually, like, really sweating it, like, very afraid suddenly, which, I like, I understand. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't give it away that he's just like, oh, I really wish I could see that tape. And everyone's like, okay, you perv. <laughs> and he's like, haha, yeah, want to see it. Uh, and and that's pretty much, like, all that goes down besides Joey being horny. I love naturally. the thing, like, like, yeah, they give him a hard time that he just wants to, like, jerk off. And they're like, Let, let's put you in a room alone with this tape. That's what they think he wants it for. And But, like, they're going to, like, do it. Like, Dawson's still like, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll give it to you to jerk off to. Don't worry. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, Pacey. You, yeah, we'll get, yeah. Let's let's facilitate your jerk off sesh yeah. in any way we can. And then Dawson and Jen leave. Excuse me. She is wearing, while you clear your throat, uh, an amazing, I don't remember exactly what this top is, but it's a shade of purple that looks amazing on her. But then you see the full outfit and it's the most heinously proportioned (laughs) skirt and clogs that have gone with this purple top. It's a lot. It's like whoever dressed her top half loved her and whoever dressed her bottom half was in a feud with her. Well, yeah, she also, it's like a top that she should have tucked in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not tucked, which is like a really weird choice but anyway um and then dawson and jen walk around holding hands whatever and what was i gonna say oh she they're like talking about how they just had this conversation with pacey and and about sex and whatever and they're and then they're having a conversation about like the more you talk about it the worse you are at it sex being sex right mm-hmm. and then Dawson's like so I, I you know I don't know if you've noticed but I never talk about it at all oh sorry wait I missed the part that I wanted to talk about <laughs> <laughs> sorry so they're having a conversation about that and Jen starts starts her sentence with someone once said the more you talk about it the worse you are at it I'm just like. That's all you got, someone once said. Yeah, like, come on, I know it was either Confucius or Sartre, but, like, narrow it <laughs> down. Right, right, right. Give me a break. But, yeah, and then there's that disgusting back and forth where Dawson's like, well, I never talk about it. And Jen's like, yeah, that's why I keep coming back, even though we all know Dawson's going to be terrible at Just it. Just looking at him, I can tell that his penis is going to smell like khakis. Oh, God, I want to die. But do you disagree? No, not at all. <laughs> Somehow his penis smells like uh, man jewelry. I don't mm, know how that's possible, mm. but it's true. It smells like uh, hemp and leather that have seen the test of time. Oh, God. I wish I were this dead. This is also the moment where Grams is looking out the window, and obviously this has happened before, because Dawson, like, when Jen, I guess, doesn't kiss him, is like, you know, is she there? And she's like, oh, and Jen's like, yeah, it's a regular menage a trois. Yeah. And they turn it into this big buildup of like, oh, well, we can't kiss now because my grandma's watching, but like. Oh, when we do kiss, oh, it's going to be 
so good. And that was kind of making me think of like, because of when I lost my virginity and I don't really regret this, but like I kind of jumped straight into like the stage where you're just going to have sex right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just started when I was like old enough that we weren't going to like, at least I wasn't interested in like kissing for a long time and like having this kind of build up. So it's just like weird yeah. to think about having that much build up to kissing. I know. Yeah. Similarly. Yeah. Same. Like, I definitely didn't have that buildup either. I think it's a very high school thing. Right, because you're living with your parents. I guess that's pretty key. Right, exactly. And neither of us um, had sex in high school. So. <laughs> Look, I had sex with myself three times <laughs> a, lot a day. Of build up say, to that. So. A lot of buildup to that. A lot of buildup to that. No, I mustn't. <laughs> I'm not ready, hand. <laughs> I'm not sure that I love you. <laughs> hand, like... I know it seems like a tease, but God, when we let ourselves go at it, it's going to be mind-blowing. Wild. When we save it until we're married. You and me, hand. <laughs> Were you a left-hander or a right-hander? Uh, right, probably. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm right-hand dominant. So. Same. <laughs> but don't guys like do a thing where they sit on one hand till it's like numb and then use it to masturbate so it feels like a stranger is doing it? I mean, I've seen that on TV. I don't know if people <laughs> actually do that. I don't know. Maybe. Let's ask some guys. I have. They all claim they never did it. But I think oh, they're okay, lying. Well. <laughs> um, Next scene. Anyway. Anyway, then... Uh, Graham's in the kitchen. Jen goes inside and Graham's gives her the business about how much, how big a slut she is. And, and how big a slut Dawson is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She casts some aspersions about Joey climbing in and out of his window and whatever. I also love the way she talks about Jen's checkered past, but the way she phrases it makes it sound like Graham's was the one fucking up and down NYC. Like, she's like, the way she phrases it is like, I remember a lot of trouble in New York starting with just a kiss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, Graham's, maybe Graham's is a secret past. Oh, I would love that. We do find out in this episode that she's an RN, which makes sense because I think that comes into play later, but I had forgotten that she had a career. Me neither. I mean, me as well. Like, I, I just assumed that it, she had, like, old lady first aid skills, <laughs> but whatever. God, I can't wait till I go through the change and I get those old lady first aid skills. <laughs> you just get yeah. them. They just come, you know. You just one day, you know how to, I don't know, suture a wound right. or, or like, use moss to, like, stem some bleeding. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of love that you're well, this sick because it makes me feel like my every joke is funny because even if you do a casual <laughs> laugh, it turns into like a wheeze. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it's serving someone because <laughs> it's exhausting for me. Um, it's great when I've got phlegm going on because when I run, I have to like clear my throat, but I can't like close my mouth enough to clear my throat because I need to pant for breath. So I end up like running behind people and past people who are walking with just like clearing my throat with my mouth open, which is like a very startling bark. So it's nice. Oh, wow. What a delicate little angel you are. <laughs> it's kind of like when big trucks back up and they beep. It's exactly like that. Um, <laughs> Go back to the Leary living room. So then we get a scene with the Learys. The hot to trot Learys. Yeah, pretty much uh, their anniversary is coming up and uh, the mom, what's her name? Gail. Gail. Gail can't remember the story of a scar on Mitch's chin. I'm assuming it's supposed to show us that, like, no matter how much they love to rub their bits together, like, she obviously has checked out a little bit from him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, Dawson can clearly remember that it's from a moped incident in Maine, 
and the mom has no memory of this event. So yeah, it's almost like his dad that... is not a great driver, and maybe should be careful in moving vehicles. <laughs> and maybe he should keep his eye on the road a little bit more. You know, just saying. It's just, it's just a suggestion. I do. It's been a while since I watched an episode, but I also kind of felt like Gail's impressive crown of hair was like somewhat <laughs> deflated and i wonder if that's yeah. the stress of keeping her an affair a secret is sort of oh interesting like, yeah, yeah like the the hair suffers when the host is stressed <laughs> i mean who has time to heat style when you have two men Ugh. two plates of spinning clamoring you know? for your attention forget it. i do yeah. oh, never mind never mind <laughs> Um, but that's a nothing scene just to, yeah, just to show that Gail is checked out a little bit, as you said, and, um, the, also to lay the foundation of the fact that it's their, like, whatever, their 20th anniversary or whatever number it was. I don't even remember. <laughs> I think it's 20th. You got it. They're yeah. laying that pipe. As it were. Mm-hmm. And then Dawson goes upstairs to his room where Pacey is there rifling insanely through all his things. <laughs> I believe Dawson refers to him as like, all right, mad dog. Like, again, he still thinks that it's just for jack off material and he's still like mad. But he's also like, I get it. I respect this. Yeah, right. Like, that is the that is the thing about this scene. It's like because Dawson still thinks that he wants it for jack off purposes. So he's wildly rummaging (laughs) through his stuff where he's broken into his house (laughs) to get this fucking jack off material. Like, wow, you have a real problem, Pacey. Like, you need to seek help. Was it? I think it was earlier that Joey referred to it as flogging the bishop, which is always a great. Yes. I love any like other. I like gelling off. I like any <laughs> alternative masturbation terms. Flogging the bishop. What? I don't even. What does that even mean? Anyway, I think it's supposed to be something about the penis cap looking like the bishop hat. Bishop. Oh. But I'm not sure yeah, how you're flogging so. him. Uh yeah. Just in general, just punishing your junk. Yeah, I like any oh. sex terms that really emphasize that you're punishing yourself when you do sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is the moment where Pacey, I'm, I'm Dawson goes, you're ruining my dailies, man. Because <laughs> he's just like rummaging through all these tapes on top of Dawson's TV. Um, which again, it's just tapes. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I do love how this, this uh, zaniness tr- uh, like transitions into this very like emotional moment of sharing where like about like, you know, I haven't been honest with you, man. Like, yeah. And like, I'm going to turn it into this long story about how no one ever thought I'd get the girl. And gosh, I guess I if mean, people say stuff about you long enough, you start to believe it. And like, right, I knew where right. this conversation was going from the beginning. And I was like getting lost in this pitter patter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such a bummer on this show that when every time someone tells someone, which is usually either Pacey or Joey, because they're like main characters of the show. Whenever anyone is like, yeah, I had sex or like, yeah, I'm not a virgin. It has to be this huge fucking deal. And the person that is told this information has to somehow spin it to be about them. (laughs) Yeah. Which it's never, it's just not that. And I feel like that is kind of a bummer of a thing to portray on a show. Like this was early in our nation's history with TV. So I don't fault the show for it per se, but it would be so nice if in like in this moment, it's a best friend telling his other like, even with Pacey and Dawson, like, that's complicated because they're a boy and a girl and, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But here we have uh, two best friends that have known each other since, like, infancy, both male, both straight, just being like, yeah, I lost my virginity. And Dawson has to be, like, so weird about yeah. it and, like, and and sort of make it mean more than it does, but also not not uh, give it, give the moment, like, the proper, um, I don't know, like. Happy weight. 
Right. Like, he doesn't give it its gravitas. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I I think a lot of people I knew either, like, lost their virginity before I knew them or it was you. So it took us a while to get there. <laughs> That's everybody. <laughs> um, but, like, the one or two times when someone told me that I knew had lost their virginity, I was, like, high fives. I was, like, doing a little dance. I was, like, you right. know, let's have a nice long talk about it. Right. Well, I mean, it totally matters how you lost it, right? Like, was it your idea? Like, yeah. you know. There's a bunch of things that go into that, and you have to check in with the person and, and find out, like, what are the, yeah. you Especially know, the surrounding Especially if they're fucking details. a teacher. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, I, that's also shocking, but it's, it's he doesn't, he's never like, how are you? Like, are you okay? Yeah. He just goes instantly into, like, whoa, man, like, that's fucked up. And it's like, oh, my God, your best friend is going through something. Right. I do like the writer's decision to have Pacey ask him very earnestly if he looked like he was doing it okay on yes. the tape. And, like, Dawson answers in a pretty, like, gentle way of saying, like, yeah, like, from what I could see, you did fine. That yes. was the part no, that I liked. No, he's not a full monster. Me too. And I do like that. Yeah, that was a really nice moment. And I love a really human mm. moment because, of course, you would want to know, you know. Uh, even though it's and that's something that Pacey would ask yeah. because he is that same character of like a lot of bravado, but he's also very sensitive, and that sort of brings those two things together. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the writing of that moment is really nice, but but poor Pacey. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then? Blah blah blah. So Dawson and Joey are shopping for his parents' anniversary gift. Yes. In a some kind of like wind chimes and like garden gnome warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is supposed to be the Cape, so yeah, yeah it's probably like you know. It does check out. And but Joey yeah, is crafts or whatever. Yeah, well, Joey is like you know your parents or whatever middle aged white suburbanites. They're gonna love folk art or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. But we stumble across Gale and her erstwhile paramour. I think it has been the same guy playing him the whole time, but I literally could not tell you because he's so nondescript and white. Me neither. And they're not, like, in this moment, they're not being particularly, like, coupley, but still, like, being very, starting to be very bold about this tryst. Mm -hmm. Like, out in public together, she's sort of petting him because he's putting on a jacket and she's, like... You know, f fluffing him around and making sure everything fits. <laughs> this is definitely an episode of people not having the amount of caution they should have with their forbidden love affairs in public. Seriously, if you get this comfortable with your love affair, you should probably just, just like make it, like leave the other person and right. start it with this, right. like, or make it into a know? groovy open relationship deal. True, in a perfect world, yeah. And it's Dawson is so like he's smiling like a little, Meh. like a little dummy. He has nerp, no nerp, nerp, nerp. clue that anything is weird. And his mom waits like 13 minutes between she's between when she says Dawson and hello, because she's so shocked that he's there. In like full public, though, like they're just in a store. And then next to him, Joey is staring fucking daggers. She's never been this angry. And she does this little like disappointed nod or, sh or yep. shake of the head where she's just like, how fucking dare you, you hussy. And when the guy introduces himself to her, she says, thrilled in the most <laughs> disgusted voice he's such a bitch i love it so and much and again dawson just murping around smiling yeah. not a care in the world doesn't notice a goddamn thing not a goddamn thing he's just derping around blah 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 so that happens and then we do some more gram stuff back to the kitchen of shaming there's not a lot of new stuff here but um she does talk about how 
like again she's sort of defending Dawson and Joey and saying that they're not romantically involved so like Grams is wrong they haven't been just like I guess having sex since 11 which I guess is what Grams thinks mm-hmm. oh and she <laughs> she does say like uh, there might be some of that sexual tension thing that happens when a guy and a girl have been friends for so long even if you think that guys and girls can't be friends, which is stupid. Like, I feel like the longer you know someone, the less sexual tension there's going to be. What do you mean? <laughs> like, for example, if maybe you've seen someone, like, puke up an entire bottle of wine at a house party <laughs> while crying hysterically. Rude. Or maybe you've seen someone else eat a chicken wing out of the garbage. We can cut that out if you want, but... Wow. Airing all my dirty laundry here on our podcast, I see. Well, I just also mean for Dawson and Joey, they've been friends since they were literal kids. So, like, he's seen, like, they've seen each other, like, shit their pants. Like, that's not sexy. No, I agree. I don't think that's, like, an established trope of, like, yeah, you know, when a guy and girl know each other for a long time, it's natural that they want a bone. (laughs) I was like, not sure about that. Because isn't that, that's, like, how that thing about uh, brothers and sisters that, or whatever, siblings that meet each other later in life are often like attracted to each other because they weren't raised together because the whole thing is when you grow up with somebody like your brain turns that thing off for you or whatever but if you meet up later then there's like your feelings get confused probably if you meet up later then their pheromones smell like perfect so you're probably like that's exactly it to accidentally do yeah and you probably, like, you have a lot in common and whatever. But anyway, my point is, like, even though, obviously, two people that are not related can grow up and still have feelings for each other, I don't think that's, like, a a common, like, oh, yeah. That you old know. trope. Yeah. Of course they're going to want a bone. I will say, again, on the Jen Sartorial watch, she's wearing a, like, pink zip-up tee with sort of a collar, which is fine. And then on the bottom, she's wearing baggy, like, catering pants. <laughs> yeah, you got a problem. With like, that. I really think there's two separate wardrobe people, and one of them loves her, and one of them is out to destroy her. Who's <laughs> ever doing the bombs? Yeah. I love that idea. Just like have two wardrobe people. One does all tops, one does all bottoms. And God forbid someone wears a romper. <laughs> no one knows who's going to take care of then that. And there's just anarchy on the set. Yeah. Then they have to fight to the death. Um, so after that, we go to uh, Tamara and Pacey, who are having, like, lunch. Again, just, like, very casually in an open cafe outside. Just a teacher and her student. No worries. I also, oh God, like, were that Massachusetts were like this? Because I feel like every episode it's been gorgeous out. And this is, like, in school weather. And they're eating outside. There's sun. It's lovely, but. Not realistic for the Cape. Probably realistic for South Carolina or wherever the hell this is, but. Uh, too bad it's, like, not a democracy there anymore because they're so conservative that they, like, were dubbed not a democracy. Could be North Carolina, I'm thinking of. But anyway. That's probably, I don't know. That's horrible. Um, But anyway, yeah. And they're talking about. Just really quickly before their, like, feelings conversation. And when he asks what Tamara mm-hmm. is doing, she says he's she's reading the, like, approved book list to figure out, quote, what they should read next in class. As a former teacher and the soon-to-be wife of a teacher, you do not pick the next book that you're going to teach in class a week or whatever before you teach it. You have a lesson plan. You're not just, like, closing your eyes and picking off a list at the last goddamn minute. <laughs> Absolutely true, yeah. There's a lesson plan. You for, you have to have read the book, like, very recently. Yep. And, like, thought about it. <laughs> thought about it, written some stuff down, yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. I bet that put a bee in a lot of teachers' bonnets. It put a bee in this former teacher's bonnet. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even really know what they're talking about. Just nothing. Just like, uh, sex. Can sex be okay? (laughs) Can you have sex and still be a human being? Please publish a self-help book called Can Sex Be Okay? Question mark. (laughs) It's just one word, yes. <laughs> one page, one word. <laughs> well, because this is, I do, so there wasn't very much for the last picture show movie watch in this. Basically, the only movie they watch is uh, Dawson's dumb movie. Mm-hmm. But I do like yeah. that we get a quick run through of like, again, we're getting that thing of like, Pacey, you know, he's kind of like a, he goofs off, but he does know stuff because he lists like mm-hmm. all the books they have where, where sex is treat, treated as like a punishment or a cautionary tale. And he lists Romeo and Juliet, um, <clears throat> The Scarlet Letter. And uh, Oedipus. And specifically, mm-hmm. he goes like, granted, that chick was his mom. And he gestures towards Tamara when he says it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Pacey, you don't. How little thy know thyself. Listen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that is when he goes for the sensual outdoor cafe handhold with his teacher. Some people get very upset with that conversation about, like, did you marry or are you dating one of your parents? You know, oh, like, like, are they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think that it's, like, inescapable. <laughs> I think that in some yeah. ways you, it, you'll always be, like, dating. Sure. I mean, I'm inevitably something. becoming my parents, so why wouldn't I also date them? Exactly. Whatever. Uh, offline, I'll be very curious to know who fights this the most, so that I can make the most comparisons between their current lover and their parents. No, I just mean uh, in general. Like, I'm not thinking of anyone in spe- okay. specifically, but like, I mean, you know, I, I'm trash, so I this is the kind of shit I bring up at work. <laughs> what I'm <laughs> just like, people are like, you know, they just get very uncomfortable with it, and I see why. No one wants to think that yeah, I'm fucking my dad right, or life whatever. Life is a flat circle where you never escape your parents' mistakes. <laughs> But it is. But it kind of is. Anyway. It's, just, it's so weird that the rest of this episode is built on him misunderstanding her moving her hand away from this handhold moment as being like meaning she is seeing someone else or she doesn't like him. <laughs> I know. He's a stone gold idiot sometimes. Most of yeah. the time. So then from then we go back to Dawson's ho- uh, room. Yeah. Where we're, where we're watching uh, the dailies um, <laughs> with Jen. And he's a real emotional terrorist about it because he's like, tell me how you feel and tell me, be honest. But if you don't like it, I'm going to kill myself, basically. (laughs) I mean, that's classic Dawson in every single way. Tell me your absolute true feelings. But if they're negative in any way, I will throw myself out the window. (laughs) Okay. well, then in that case, it was great. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. This is when he has that great tidbit about how. In oldie timey movies, the censors had the rule that you had to have at least one foot on the bed during like a couple mm. makeout scene, and he tries to make that into his move of like getting that on the bed. <laughs> um, and burp. <laughs> uh, and like so many things to this, but uh, the biggest one for me was like her face is clearly so uncomfortable. Like, duh, she knows what he's going for when he says like, you know, I think they could probably they're pretty creative. They probably could have done a lot of stuff with one foot on the bed on the floor. You know what I'm saying? And her whole face journey is like, I know you're trying to get us to go further, and I'm not into that, even though I will mm-hmm. begrudgingly kiss you, and you will try and gently tip us over into the bed while yelling timber. But <laughs> timber! it's just so clear that she is like, he is sending a signal, she's rejecting it, and he's choosing not to read her response. I know. And 
Yeah, like, she's totally not into it. Um, shit, I was going to say something and I totally forgot what it was. Vic. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. <laughs> so true that that is what's happening and he's trying to tip them over. Nope, gone. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Poor old Jen. I know. And I mean, I feel oh, sorry, like, go ahead, go ahead. well, she's just trying to start again and like, which is weird because she's only like 15. <laughs> it's weird that she has to start again. Um, but like, she's just trying to figure out what her personal boundaries yeah. are when they're not affected by anybody else. Or and like he's alcohol just so... or drugs. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. And that's that. Tr- that's true. What Dawson said, if you both have a foot on the floor, there are a lot of things that you can oh, accomplish. Yeah? But I don't think Dawson knows no. how to do that. To be fair, you only have to have one out of the four feet on the floor. So I guess Jen could keep her foot on the floor and he could just lie there passively. <laughs> so, I mean, that would probably be better than if he tried anything fancy because I doubt sure. he has the dexterity to even <laughs> accomplish anything good. I mean, have you seen him doing yoga? I have not. I have not. I, the one good thing is at the end when she's like rejects his attempts to just gently tip them over onto the bed he does say he only says okay but like the performance choices he's smiling like i still love you i'm still into it there's no like he's not being a shitty little bitch about this at least yeah like that is the one good thing about him being a weird prude is that any sort of any being putting anything off he's always going to be like i respect that i respect that you want to wait forever (laughs) but if you've had sex i'm gonna flip out right if it's just if you're a virgin then i can respect that we go to our graves dry dusty and untouched at least you're pure Uh, and then the next scene is that we're doing the um pre-dubbing or additional dialogue recording for dawson's movie i am obsessed with the mustache sound engineer who's helping them like if we were yeah what's his if we did a who who would you do for this podcast mustachio (laughs) absolutely I think he knows that Gail is cheating because he says, like, have you have you seen your mom around? Like, oh, yeah, you should like go find her. I think he knows. Wow, that's a really, yeah, that's a subplot that I didn't even. Uh, I watched this twice and, and was very focused on Mustache Man. <laughs> that would be hard to do. Who would you do? For, for listeners that didn't <laughs> listen to our last podcast. Even though it took the nation by storm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of shocking that you didn't listen to it, but we did a segment at the end of every episode called Who Would You Do, where we had to pick who we would have sex with from each of the movies we reviewed, but it would be hard to do for this because my, it's just going to be like Jen every time. True. You know? Or Pacey, actually. If we had a rule, That's... you could only pick like each person once, which they do on some podcasts that I listen to that also play some version of Who Would You Do, that mm-hmm. would at least stop that, but... At least until the second season, we're not getting, like, the rotating input of guest stars right. that we will in the future. So, that's, like, very limited options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's so that's rough. But, so, uh, Jen is recording her additional dialogue for Dawson's Very Important Movie. And they're doing it at Channel 3, which is where his mom is an anchor woman. And I guess has so much power um, that people just have to, like, sit in a booth with Dawson for hours helping him record screams. <laughs> Yeah, working on his dumb project. Do you think you could do a good scream if you were in a sound booth and had to do a horror movie scream? I don't know. It looks really hard because the sound that she makes initially is like, ah! (laughs) And I feel like that's what I would come out with. Yes, absolutely. You know, like that's tough to really sell that. So I'm not sure. I can't even think the last time I screamed. 
Unless it was in pleasure. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, but at one point, while these two, just to, to forcefully steer the conversation away from Gabby's uh, pleasure. <laughs> um, at one point, uh, 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 Jen and Dawson are getting a Diet Pepsi in the hallway. And they turn around to see Gail and her paramour. Lover. Just fucking making out, like, in full view at the station. The way they do it is insane, because she, like, clasps her hands behind her back like a schoolgirl, and he grabs her by the shoulders and, like, pulls her in. Yeah, it's very forceful. They're right in the hallway. It's not like Dawson's, like, knocking on her office door or anything. Like, hey, mom. Oh, no. I think they were also worried we wouldn't recognize Gail, because Jen does a big wind-up of, like, oh, look, it's your mom over there. Yeah, like... Very like, hey, there she is. <laughs> um, yeah, agree. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just like really right there in the in the studio, just macking on and each other. And we get like very a very intense like zoom in, push in on Dawson's face, to, like a guitar wail. I don't know how to describe guitar things, but like if you knew a guitar thing, you would you would know this. It's like, yeah. like that his feelings are <laughs> yeah. happening. And that's that kicks off some very intense '90s guitar music. It's just like burn, 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 burn. Set to fairy footage, footage of a fairy. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even. It's a slow fade from Dawson's upset face to yeah, a fairy that like goes behind them, and then it's a long shot of it's a wide shot of Dawson and uh, Jen. And he's just sitting on a bench, like shell shocked. Again, having a very obtuse conversation about their relationship, where she's like here you're stuck with me and we barely know each other i mean sure our conversations are always great but they're fun and flirty but on the surface so are you ready to get real and like tell me your feelings (laughs) i know well she also puts it on the table of like you're stuck here with me when maybe there's somebody else you'd rather be with and like so obviously she's talking about joey she's so desperate for him to be like no i'm glad i'm here with you and he can't even give her instead it's like hard cut to him showing up at joey's house yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, Jesus. You don't, Jen, you don't need these bing bongs. <laughs> like, you can do better. You can do, Ugh. what's his name? Shit, the actor that you had the baby with. Uh, Tom Cruise? No, 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 not Katie, Jen. Oh, uh, oh, God. Uh, I don't know. He, the one who tragically died from 10 Things I Hate About uh, you. Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Thank you. You can do Heath Ledger better. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> not worth it. Not worth my journey. <laughs> so true, though. Like,. You just don't need this. You don't need this kind of pressure in your life. I don't know exactly the context, because basically Dawson just storms over to Joey's house to tell her about his mom. Um, But Joey refers to Jen as, like, just on the edge of a B-cup or something, like, about to outgrow a B-cup. And I would just like to put, like, a flag in the rink or whatever and say, no, she's absolutely way at least a C. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's an apple, so she's all. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking D, but like definitely not B. Joey, uh, I would say probably a C, a full um, C though, like a a heavy a full C. C. <laughs> heavy C. Well, she's also very small. She's a very small person. True. So don't forget True. about that. I just I think that the amount of time that Joey has spent scanning Jen's body, she should know that it's more than a B. God, so 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 true. And so Dawson storms over to Joey's house to tell her about. His mom's philandering. And we find out that, of course, Joey has known this whole time um, and has not told Dawson. And I want to know, Gabby, 
What would you do in this scenario? Would you have told Dawson? I'm so glad you asked because I was also thinking about the uh, from the other direction. Like, would I be pissed if my friend hadn't told me? And I, I probably would have been, but I, it's hard to. God, would I have told? Because I don't think I think I would have wanted something this intense to happen at that age, but nothing that intense ever happened to me. Like, I never mm-hmm. knew anything that juicy that I even had the opportunity to tell someone. Mm-hmm. My mom would tell me a lot of stories and be like, now don't repeat this, but, and tell me like juicy shit about my classmates and their parents. But I never shared that with anyone. So maybe I wouldn't, but I, I do think I would, yeah. I don't think it's rational, but I think I would be upset just that a friend had known something that intimate about my life and my parents without telling me. Yeah. What about you? I think that, I think that I would have told Dawson what I saw but been sort of hands off about it. Just like, here's what I witnessed. Right. You know, maybe talk to your mom or something. Right. Like, I don't even know what this uh, means necessarily. Right. Just to cover my own tracks and to tell, just so that like someone, so it didn't feel like I was keeping Gail's secret. Right. Because I wouldn't want to feel that way. You know, it's Gail's life, but also like, she's clearly doing a very bad job of keeping her... <laughs> infidelity right. a secret so like do better or stop or like tell your family thinking about it now rationally i think really the person to blame like i don't want to keep all the blame on gail because it's very easy to keep the blame on a woman who is sexually misbehaving but like a child found out her deep dark secret she should not have left that on joey's shoulder she should have been like well joey knows now now i have to tell everyone like that's it that's the end of the ride absolutely no fully agree and i don't think I don't, I, yeah, I want to be clear. I don't think that Gail should be like put in a in a sex jail sure. forever. You but know, is yeah, sex there's a lot of okay? reasons. <laughs> huh? But is sex ever okay? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of reasons why people have affairs, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's not always just their fault. But yes, in the in the realm of this particular secret keeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, she's doing a very bad job. And yeah, like it's not, yeah, Joey's in high school. Yeah. Like imagine being like, hey, buddy, like don't, hey, high school person, like don't tell the secret to your best friend. I mean, it's similar to IRL things I've known of friends of mine who have like found out one of their parents is having an affair and the parent told them to keep the secret and it was like an issue when Ugh. it came out, which is just like so horrible. So it's not at that level so with Joey because she's not a, like in, they're, she's not their child, but still. Right. Like that's crazy. Yeah just so messed up like you know even yeah to do nothing as well like even if she had been like oh joey knows i have to stop this or like i have to turn this around would have been something at least even if she hadn't told anybody else about it she would have to have been like oh i'm not doing a good job it's like keeping this secret i'm just gonna call it quits and you know deal with the issues in my life that led to this but no that's not where we are and would i be mad uh yeah i think i would Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't be mad for very long, mm. but, um, yeah, if somebody had, like, known pretty definitively that something was going on with my mom, I mean, my mom was a single mom, so <laughs> wouldn't have been that big a deal, but she's I think shopping I somewhere besides Trader that. Joe's. I'm so sorry to tell you. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> she's cheating on TJ's. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think emotionally in the moment I was on Joey's side, but looking back, her two responses are like, you would have been pissed at me if I told you. And I thought you'd figure it out yourself, dumbass. So like, she definitely yeah. does not come. She comes in hot too. Yeah. And and then she does try and turn the conversation to be about Jen, which is like, 
yeah, no, no stop. Like, like, what are you doing? Red so, flag. And he calls her on that. He calls her on that. He's like, don't make this conversation about Jen, which it sure. shouldn't be. Like, you're just trying to, yeah, take the heat off of yourself. I, and again, his statements are as childish as possible. Like, he says, like, what you've done is choose to disengage this friendship. Right. Well, it's so clearly mis, mis, uh, misdirected anger and discomfort at, like, finding this information out. And he's just putting all that on the fact that Joey, or, yeah, Joey lied to him. It's yeah. like, is that really what you're feeling? Or are, did you just find out that your, like, parents are having an affair or right, whatever, right. your mom? But no, I think I'll just storm off saying, bye, have a nice life. Right. I'm going to just, like, end this friendship. Yeah. yeah. So stupid. So dumb. Speaking of dumb people, we cut to Pacey seeing Miss Jacobs, a.k.a. Tamara, at mm-hmm. the same cafe where he was yesterday, I believe, with um, Mr. Gold. Is that his name? Uh, the other teacher? I, I think yeah. so. And spoiler alert, that dude's gay. <laughs> He's a big old mo. But I do have to say, why are they sitting on the same side of the table? That's unnecessary. <laughs> I've never sat on the same side Good of the table as question. someone when there's only two of us at the table. Yep. It's, uh, what's up with them? <laughs> I think they both have a lot of unfulfilled emotional needs. I would have to agree. So that's just a quick scene. And then we go to Dawson knock, knock, knocking at Jen's chamber door because he didn't get what he wanted out of Joey. Mm-hmm. Well, by Jen's door, I mean Grams's door. Well, Yes. Yeah, we have a very quick little scene of uh, Dawson talking to his mom in a very short business suit, oh, might I say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's nothing really happens. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he's like is getting himself all wound up like he's going to confront her and then he doesn't. Exactly. I'm not unclear why because he seems so very mad at her. It's not like he like takes pity on her and doesn't confront her. She like has she like talks to him about his um, project that he's doing, the, the movie or whatever. And so she kind of like, because she doesn't know what they're talking about, really. She doesn't know like what the big deal is and why he's so upset. So she sort of asks him questions about the project and that apparently derails him so completely that he has to storm over to Graham's house. And yeah, there we are. And he has to say the phrase sex crazed to Graham's. (laughs) Which no one should ever say that to Absolutely not. But yeah, so then we have. Then we have a kind of a big conversation between Jen and Dawson. Happens at the ruins, and I kind of wish the ruins had stuck around. I don't think they show up again after season one, and I'd forgotten that we get multiple ruins scenes. But it's like, yes. if your town has weird Grecian ruins, you should shoot there literally. Like, you kids from high school should be there literally every day. I know. I agree. Well, and at the end of this episode, I had that thought, because it ends at, like, the ruins or at this, like, very um, idyllic sort of fountain and Dawson looking out across the water. I was like, nice. Why don't we ever come back here anymore? Well, when we do our Dawson's Creek tour of America, we can take our non-wedding wedding pictures there. Perfect. <laughs> yes, this, this is a very big moment, I think, in the show as well. Because as far as we, the viewers, know, Jen had something bad in her past, but we haven't been told per se that that's what it was. Like, she has said she's a right. virgin up till now. Right. And like, yeah, it's sort of been referred to as like trouble or, you know, whatever. Um, it's also the scene is shot, like you said, at the ruins, but it's also during the golden hour. So like there's a very there's a very pride and prejudice sort of light <laughs> on Dawson that he sort of keeps moving in and out of this like golden beam of light. And it's just like, 
so, you know, Mr. Darcy. But not that I think that Dawson is Mr. Darcy. It's but, also very yeah. bright and prejudiced because they just seem to be going for a walk in a circle for no reason just to, like, take a promenade, like, to turn about the yes, room. Yes, they're taking... I was going to say, they're taking a turn about this garden just, like, randomly. And as the conversation gets more intense, they, like, move faster and with more intensity, but they're still just going in a gentle circle, so it looks very <laughs> odd. Yeah. Um, but during the conversation, or what the conversation consists of is... Basically, Dawson being like, or, well, they're talking about sort of infidelity or whatever because of Dawson's mom. And this is the moment that Jen's like, all right, well, I really shouldn't lie to you anymore or, like, lie by omission. Mm -hmm. So, like, I want to always be honest with you. And and are you on that same page? And he's like, yes. And this is when she chooses to tell him that she's sort of, she's in uh, the creek because not to help out Grams with her ailing grandfather, but rather because, and that's where we find out that Grams is an RN, but rather because her parents sent her there because she was being, you know, a bad girl in New York City. When you say that she tells him, it takes like 29 minutes because he cannot get the point. Yeah. She really has to really spell it out for him. Um, But basically the thing is she's not a virgin and she's had sex with multiple men. She also said the phrase grow up too soon, but every time I watched it, I thought she said grope too soon. <laughs> <laughs> grope far too soon. You know soon. those kids that are known for just groping too soon. And uh, of course, Dawson takes this, uh, uh, you know, very poorly, uh, yeah. as he always does. And in fact, I think, I don't think that their quote unquote relationship ever recovers from this. Very interesting like, point. Yeah. The, the beginning of the decline of the first wave of Dawson and Jen. I feel like there's more later right. on. But... Well, because it was like up till now, Jen and Dawson was like the easy relationship where he was just like 100% I am into you, even though I'm a creep about it. And then from now on, right. he's going to have this like thing to hang over her head of like, she's bad. Exactly. And she knows more than me and is more sexually whatever, but then also isn't ready to have sex with me and I hate that or whatever. <laughs> Just like there's so many things that come of this that come of her disclosing this information to him because he's a huge man baby and like can't handle anything. Yes. And she's just trying to live her damn life. And again, he is literally like beyond innocent. He is so clueless that when she's trying to tell him, she's like the thing about like the stereotype about New York kids is true. And he's like, what stereotype? And she says like, you know, they grow up too fast, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, so your parents wanted to get you away from kids like that. And it's like Dawson, focus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, look at look at me, look at me in the eyes. And yeah, he yeah because he's he just shuts down, and it's so obvious that he's pissed, and he's being so cruel. He's being so cruel, and he's so stupid, and he can't handle any of this information because he's a giant man, baby. Yeah. And the, the scene and ends then, with her sadly being like, "Will you hold my hand?" And he like begrudgingly does. <laughs> and I have been that person. I've been that Jen so many times. I know, right? Yeah, like, will you just... Can you do the bare men? <laughs> the bare hey, minimum. Bare men? <laughs> and he can't, really. Like, he physically does it. He but doesn't look with, at her. Like, right. Doesn't look at her with the angriest face ever. I mean, like, yeah, this is maybe not an amazing time to tell him this information. But, like, there would have been no good yeah. time. Because he's going to be like this no matter what. Absolutely. And, so now, now he's got to grapple with the fact that not only does his mom have sex with somebody that's not her dad, his dad, but Jen isn't a virgin. Oh my you god! You know, maybe mentioning Oedipus wasn't a coincidence. It's all about moms mm-hmm. and girlfriends and sex and killing your dad. Can sex ever be good? 
I'd wager. No. This is also where a song comes in that I really struggle to identify, and then I realize it's just listed in the IMDb, but it's uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket again with, like, an incredibly <laughs> emotional guitar, like, man-feeling song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have that emotional man-feelings guitar for this for this show to really sure, work. Sure, sure. America runs on emotional man-feeling guitar. Uh, and don't worry, I will throw all of these songs. This one was also very heavy on, like, real songs with real names. Um, I will throw them mm-hmm. all up on Spotify on our very special playlist. Good, 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 good. Thank you so much. Cha. Do we, does that exist yet? So I have it, but I've only put the theme song because my idea is to add the episode, like the songs from the episode as we post the the episode episode. So, so far it's only the theme song. You're so wise. Well, when you, when we do finally start doing it, do make sure to send me it again. Yeah. Because I think you probably sent it to me already, but I immediately lost it. And I'm always confused about whether or not I've actually made it so other people can edit the playlist. So let me know. That is the one thing I know how to do on Spotify, so we'll we'll figure that out. We're back at high school. Then we get some, we get we're at high, we're at the Cape Side High School. We get some more stuff with Tamara and Mr. Gold being like sort of petty, petty, you know, friendy, friendy in the hall. That also feels very nineties. It's like this is how straight women and gay men relate. They just primp each other everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like very two dimensional gay man straight woman dichotomy there of yeah. We're just best girl buds or whatever. I mean later it's the way she outs him is to be like, Yes, we both love opera or musicals or like she basically lists stereotypes of gay behavior that they both have in common. Mm hmm. It's like all right, well, Mr. Gold is clearly a poor facsimile of a gay man. I mean he's allowed to be whatever kind like that's not I don't wanna yeah. like um dis uh what's that word? I don't wanna not validate that kind of gay identity that definitely exists but it's just of like course. clearly the 90s watch forward for like you must be gay then right at this time in our in tv history that was the only kind of gay that could be on right. tv or like sad and about to commit suicide yeah. that too but even that was sort of relegated to movies yeah. like you you know because you can't have a lot of suicide on dawson's creek otherwise yes everyone will be like totally bummed out man Pacey also has so much when he goes to confront Tamara about this conversation and his her supposed affair with Mr. Gold. He has so much mouth acne. Like, I don't think they kissed this episode, and I wonder if it's because he felt bad about his mouth, mouth acne. His acne. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Pacey or uh, uh, Joshua Jackson really struggles with acne on this show, which I do I love appreciate. Him so much. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah, so he confronts Tamara about Mr. Gold and, like... And basically, she says he's gay. So you, you she's, she says he's gay, but also, like, stop being a dick about this. Yeah, um, she's also kind of like, if you're confused about our relationship, like, join the club. Right. Which, again, is like, Tamara, like, you're the mm. adult here. <laughs> it's weird, though. This scene, not... and I, I wish I'd taken more notes about why, but, like, this scene I did kind of, in no way thinking it's right. In no way. But I could kind of see the appeal for Pacey, because she is kind of acting, like, more... She seems to have, like, settled into her criminality and, like, not be freaking out as much internally. So even though she says that, she's pretty, like, maternal and, like, guiding him. And I guess I could just see the appeal for him in this moment because she's very, like, no, he's gay. And, like, yeah, I would want to know if you had other sexual partners. And, like, you know, um, I'm, you know, I don't really know what this relationship is either. But I'm saying it in a very calm, adult, caring way. So, like, I can see why he, what he is getting out of it. Yes. No, I mean, I, yeah, I can, I can see that. I, I don't dislike Tamara so much as it's like, girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta get your stuff figured out. Like, this is not great no, for yeah. you. Like, she's a criminal. I, right. Well, and I think it's so funny how the show definitely doesn't paint her as nope. such. Like, 
And I get why, because of like the the point of view of the show is supposed to be very youthful. Right. And it would, you know, today you wouldn't have this show or this relationship depicted on TV quite this way. I don't right. think like, people, people still have like, like, for example, Pretty Little Liars. There's another uh, God, show where that. there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a teacher student relationship, but which also sucks, <laughs> but or, like is weird, super weird. But yeah, I think it's interesting where like the show even sort of will consider her point of view in this relationship where it's like, it's not a relationship. Like she's, this is like statutory yes. rape. She clearly needs help. Because like, I know Kel- Kevin Williamson has said that this was based on something that really happened to his fr- a friend of his when he was in school. But I also wonder where it oh. happened. I'm trying to remember when Mary Kay Letourneau was like a thing. So I'm wondering oh, if gosh, that was like yeah. part of the reason they were like, it's so topical. But then again, Mary Kay Letourneau met that kid when he was like nine. So. Right. They got married afterwards, like way Yeah, they got divorced like a year ago or something. But it was at the time it was unclear if they were really breaking up or it was because he wanted to sell marijuana. And you can't do that if you are a felon. And since they were married, I think it was like he couldn't get the license or something. And she's like a registered felon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God, I hope so, because she just groomed him his whole life. And then he was just trapped with her forever. (laughs) God. So. (laughs) Dear God. It's just not a great idea, ladies. No, as romantic as Dawson's Creek, I guess, makes it look for me. It's not good. Yeah. Nope. But anyway, yes. But uh, yeah, I think it's so, it's hard. It's kind of hard to watch them, to watch these two characters even participate at the same, like, romantic level as, like, Jen and Dawson. Because it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) I think this is very different. This is an adult woman and uh, who is in the show is ostensibly... You know, like a freshman yes. or whatever. And they, <laughs> and they lean into his emotional and, like, psychological immaturity. They don't pretend that he is, like, super developed. He is... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of super developed, please clock. And there's a scene around here where we're just in the hallway. And there's some extras who walk by in the background. And there's a woman in leopard print and an, a woman in adult pigtails who you simply must. You simply must look at. Uh, there's nothing more I can oh. say, but just look at them. For the love of God, look at I'm... them. I'm looking at them <laughs> i have them on my screen right now Ha-cha-cha. i don't want to say the woman in the pigtails was addicted to methamphetamines but i don't want to not <laughs> say it either yeah for her own good we must <laughs> simply say it um it's important to know that she has very long mm. hair and the pigtails are sort of cascading down her shoulders also she's got the two bits out front Ugh. like her sort of little banglets yes. are are free from the yes. pigtails also, her entire hair is brown, except the the, the banglets, mm-hmm. which are blonde, bleach blonde. It's the, uh, what's the, like, not really a bad guy, bad guy lady character from Josie and the Pussycats? Like, not not Parker Posey, but the other one. She's got that crazy skunk hair, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, none of us know the name, but all of us know who I mean. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and I should know her name, because she, she, she was, I think she was on Mad TV for a while. She's the one who's on the airplane, like, some guy's like, why are you here? And she's like, because I was in the comics. And he's like, what? And she's like, never mind. Yeah, yeah, it breaks the fourth yeah, wall yeah. there. What a great film. What a Everyone great go film. watch it. <laughs> no, no, no. Becoming my parents, <laughs> melting brains with Zoe Hyde. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, we're in the hallway. Blah, blah, blah. Jen's there. This is where she says he some owes her seven-eighths of a conversation. <laughs> So specific. <laughs> See, how how much of a conversation do you think we had last time? Approximately one eighth. <laughs> she was in class that whole time, taking furious notes, calculating how much of a conversation. <laughs> Carry they had. the why. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Did I even take any notes about this? Uh, I don't think, like, basically it's a continuation of their other conversation where she's very clearly trying to be like, something's wrong. And he's like, no, nothing's wrong. I'm not mad. Yeah, but you're obviously <laughs> you're mad. screaming. Right, where the, and there's this, like, division between Dawson's words and his actions, as always, where, yeah, he's like, no, everything's fine. I'm fine. I don't mind that you're a huge slut. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's really because I've I think I've mentioned this before in this I've had guys be like gross to me in this way and it's like extra gross where they won't say anything but their whole body is like clenched in anger. Right. Yeah. It's like at least say the thing. I don't know. That would at least be better than. And this. she kind of just does it for him. Like he won't say anything. So she's like, let me guess. Like stop me. She does something like stop me if I'm wrong or like you know did I get all mm-hmm. of it? Like you don't want me anymore because like you're freaked out that I'm not a virgin. Some other stuff. I don't remember all of this because I was just like didn't want to hear Jen having to go through this yeah but he doesn't disagree with her right um and then we have another we have a scene at the movie rental place with pacey and dawson wherein pacey's like saying mostly the right thing like he's on jen's side but for weird reasons Um, for weird reasons yeah like he's not entirely right he's sort of saying that you know she's she told jen told dawson that information to let him know that she's like i don't know ready to fuck actually mature right Ready to fuck or, or like, you know, yeah, prepared to teach him the ways of of love <laughs> or something, which is not accurate. But at least she, he's not slut-shaming her. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Like, his little words are like, why would it bother me if it was me? Yeah. So that's good. But yeah, right, his exactly. explanation is insane. <laughs> yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know what this pertains to, but I have a pacey quote written down that just says, the fact that you're scared... So I guess they get into some emotions <laughs> there. Oh, because he talks about how, like, which this is the part. So he circles around again to being smart because Pacey is like, you're scared because, like, you built up this version of her in your head. And, like, the Jen in your movies, you can make her whatever you want to be. But, like, it's a real person, so the script gets thrown out. So that I thought was, like, more along the lines of, like, a reasonable thing to say of, like, just because you have this yes. assumption. It doesn't – it's not even, like, I'm not going to feel sorry for you that you had this assumption. She's a real person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is another – yet another instance of – like, the show always paints Pacey as this, like, well, you know, this sort of fool character who will say anything and 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 just plunges headlong into situations. And yet he's always spitting such mm-hmm. truths. Like, like, almost everything he says at least has one foot in right. reality. As opposed to everyone else who has, like, every part of their body 500 miles away from reality. <laughs> exactly. Like, Dawson and Joey are just, like, free-falling <laughs> through space with their fucking words and... And uh, reasons for yes, things. Absolutely. But whatever. That should be the IMDb summary for the series. <laughs> Just free, free falling through consciousness. <laughs> um, and then it seems like Dawson might tell Mitch as he's getting ready. Because yes, he says, I'm going to for... tell my dad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's why you think that. <laughs> um, as Mitch is getting ready for their big uh, anniversary date. And he like marches in and like turns off the record that, um, that, his dad what's his dad's name mitch, mitch. you just said it mitch <laughs> and the song that mitch is playing is like what i pictured adult romance would be like it's like sort of croony like easy listening sexy music. yeah 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 where he's like this is the kind of music we had when i was a kid <laughs> after 20 years of marriage this is how you set the mood <laughs> don't trust me kiddo i know what to do <laughs> But doesn't doesn't tell his dad, and they leave. His parents leave for their twentieth anniversary date, and we ping pong back over to the ice house, where Joey uh, is perpetually working. Because <laughs> she's so poor, and her mom is so dead. 
so dead. I'm not sure if you knew, but mom is dead. And so Joey's closing up and Jen comes in to talk to her. I love that Joey is so ready to blow her off until Jen says that she told Dawson that she's not a virgin. And then Joey is so ready for that hot goss. Like she's like, I think I have a minute for that. I know. I, I'm not really sure how this relationship or this friendship or whatever must have worked on the page because it really is just like Jen constantly reaching out and trying to make something happen here. Friendship wise or maybe more. We don't know. We know, but at least trying to be friends with Joey and Joey consistently just being like, no, you're a slut. I hate you. Like, Like just, just buffeting her every advance for no reason. It's hard to it watch. It is weird, though, because, like, after she has that moment of, like, okay, well, I'm good to talk about it because you, quote-unquote, messed up, they do seem to have a perfectly pleasant conversation where Joey is, like, perfectly right. nice to her. She gives crazy advice for insane people, but... <laughs> but but this is... Well, okay, so I said that wrong because it does... Yeah, they, they keep having these, like, interactions where they will get a little farther, but then the next time they meet up, it's like that never happened for Joey. Like Joey can't remember that. They yes. <laughs> or the writers again are struggling with serialized television and keep right. like resetting them back to like their attitudes in the pilot. Right. Which is so exhausting. To watch. Yes. It's probably part of why it feels like they're falling through space with feelings and reasons. Probably. You're probably right about that. But basically, yeah, Jen is asking Joey for advice about what she should do about Dawson, which makes sense. She like went to the source or whatever, not the source, but she like, Went to the person who knows Dawson uh, the best to ask, you know, what how she should proceed. And basically, Joey says, uh, you know, you're screwed. Well, she gives <laughs> like, she drops a lot of knowledge, and it does seem like they're they're pretty much just acknowledging that Joey is in love with Dawson in this moment, and like Jen yeah. knows it. She says that Dawson was a shrimp till last year, so mm-hmm. that's good information to have. Um, she says classic only child. He sees things in black and white. That kind of checks out to what we've seen. But yeah, the big thrust of mm-hmm. it is like, just wait it out because he'll figure it out. Like he's yeah. very inexperienced, but he's a good one. And I love as in hate this line that I can just see coming from the mouths of these freaking herb nerd writers, male white writers in the room where she says, Joey says to Jen, every guy who grows up to be one of the good ones, he was probably a dweeb with girls when he was 15 too. Like, you know, it's them being like, that was me. I freaked out when someone wasn't a virgin. And now I'm one of the good ones. Like, it's how you get there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up and now I'm fantastic (laughs) and you should date me. (laughs) So that was just really special for me. It was really special. And I totally agree. And I definitely, this this whole scene sort of ends with them being like, like acknowledging that they both have feelings for this dingling. And then just sort of Jen sort of just being like, okay, well, let's not fight about it like let's be friends until he figures out which one of us he wants let's just lie there waiting for him to fuck one of us and be friends while we wait i know well like yeah it's terrible that part of it is terrible because they're both fighting over dawson which terrible but like that's pretty pretty advanced for her to be like well i know we both have feelings for my boyfriend ostensibly but like like it's very european hot damn like wow that's big jen and she's just sort of like, I st- it's not worth us throwing away our female friendship for, which, hell yeah, fully right. agree. But, of course, Joey's not going to be capable yeah. of that. It is, Yeah, it's weird on the show how things are simultaneously so immature and so evolved. Yeah. Well, and it, it, but it is, it's sort of almost like character by character, mm. too. Like, I feel like this, 
is some like Jen is such an evolved character, um, but she doesn't deserve <laughs> any of the any of the blows that she receives, which is why we have Jen Lindley Punishment yes. Watch. But like, even even with that, it, it yeah, it's just like damn. And Pacey's the same way where. I feel like a lot of times Pacey says something that actually makes sense or that actually is like the emotional thrust of a of a scene, but he just sort of gets back nonsense and we're supposed to we're supposed to give those two things equal weight. And it's like, well no, in real life you would never talk to Dawson again. I but I know it's T V, right. I know that. Well I, mean, I do think the attempt at that and I think it's less successful is the way that Dawson and Joey like navigate their friendship because they do both, especially by the end of this episode, seem to acknowledge that they like don't know if they're friends or if they're into each other and they kind of just leave it as it is. So I think for them that's supposed to be, but it just gets so ham fisted and like weird that it doesn't really play out that way. But I feel like that's supposed to be that version of them being super evolved is that they like understand about themselves that they are in a very complicated place. That's like maybe friends, maybe more. Don't know. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So from there we go back to Pacey and Tamara. Very girlish wicker white bed for an adult. She sure does. And this conversation is basically Pacey asking her how many men that she's slept with in her life. A casual, or, um, yeah, like a casual relationship conversation, And I again, would say. he's reading a magazine and she's grading papers. They're not kissing because I think he's self-conscious about his mouth acne. <laughs> that's, that's the only proof we have is that he's self-conscious about his mouth acne. I also do want to say... That the magazine he's reading is a Time magazine about sharks. (laughs) Amazing. So there's that. And he's, like, the way that they're set up on the bed, too, like, Pacey is sort of against the headboard, and you can see his dumb little socks, (laughs) like, sock feet at the end of the 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 shot. And Tamara's, like, the opposite way, leaning on the bed, like, grading papers with her hair, like, artfully tussled. She does look beautiful. She is a beautiful woman. But it's just funny. It's just like, yeah, one of you is a, is right. a child. And so cavalier <laughs> about it because, like, she her whole cutesy thing is that she, like, you know, is like, oh, well, there's been a bunch, but only a few guys who mattered. And she lists them off mm-hmm. being, like, one in high school, one in college, three after that. And he's, like, he's better than Dawson. He's like, oh, okay, fine, okay, all right, all right. And, like, they kind of just, like, oh, settle God. in. And then she goes, like, I didn't say the number one was in my high school. Like, yeah. you're making a flirty joke about the fact that you are having sex with a high school student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely something else. It's not just uh, the the fact that Pacey is in high school is not just an unfortunate uh, like like a detail of this relationship. It's definitely part of why Tamara likes yeah, him. the secrecy and the ability to self destruct. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the the thing there to that build up is, yeah. So she sort of mentions all the people that she slept with, or all the men that she slept with. One in high school, one in college, whatever. And then she's like, but none important for a few years being like, you know, the thing there is she's like, nobody important, meaning you are not important either. You're whatever. And then, yeah. And then she like doubles back and is like, I didn't say that the one in high school was from my high school. So it's like, oh, he's special or whatever. They're so in love. He's one of, he's one of the five that mattered. Exactly. It's like, okay, ew. I mean, their relationship, <laughs> ew, their relationship is just so reckless on multiple levels. Like, Paisley talks a couple times in this episode about how this tape of the sex could quote-unquote ruin his life, which is, like, fair. She is the adult, but, like, mm. just logically, if that tape comes out, someone's life is going to be more ruined than the other person's. Someone's life is already oh, ruined because yeah. they've been sexually assaulted by an adult, but the tape itself <laughs> will cause worse for one of them. For sure. Well, yeah, one of them has more on the line than the other does, and it's not yes. Pacey. And 
I also she's also really reckless, obviously, with herself, but also in outing this teacher, Mr. Gold, to him because like he like screams like Mr. Gold's gay and like she yeah. just so casually outs him. And I don't trust I don't think Pacey outs him. I honestly don't remember. But like she is very careless with Mr. Gold's life as well. Right. Well, and it's also one of those things where, you know, is Mr. Gold's sexuality the point of this conversation? Like if like, yeah, Mr. Gold happens to be gay, but if he wasn't, would you be dating him? You know what I mean? Like, that's not the issue. The issue should be, well, okay, in this scenario, it's everything's fucked up and weird because she's (laughs) a teacher and he's a student. But like, let's say that they were both peers. You know, it can't be like, oh, I wouldn't cheat with Mr. Gold because he's gay. It's like. We, should, we probably shouldn't cheat, like, at all. <laughs> I think at this point it's supposed to be, unfortunately, for Pace's characterization, because I do love him, but I think at this point it's supposed to be that he's, th- like, episode to episode, remain jealous of Mr. Gold, and at this point she's like, I've told you we're not having sex, like, a billion times. Like, he's gay. Like, just drop it, uh, finally. Mm-hmm. That sucks, yes. too. <laughs> just like, oh, yikes. But from there, we go to the last scene of the episode, which is Chen just saying the saddest stuff to her grandfather who's in a coma who is a community theater 30 year old community theater actor in old age makeup go on (laughs) she's just talking about like oh my god it's It's so sad first of all she's talking to the only person she can confide in without being her head being bitten off which is this man in a coma (laughs) which is very (laughs) upsetting like oh my god why don't you have any friends and she's talking about how in a few years, you know, everyone will have had sex and it won't be that big a deal and it won't matter when she did it. But right now, you know, because of like all the many mistakes she's made in her life, it's like a problem. And it's just so sad to me because it's true. Mm-hmm. Like what she's saying is true. But it's also just like, ow, like that's so sad that yeah. <laughs> she even has to think these thoughts of like, you know, I made a mistake. And so right now I'm being punished for something that soon won't matter. It's like. The self-awareness of that is heartbreaking. I know. And again, she mentions that she's 15 and it's just crazy. I know. No, that is, that's a very sad scene. And then, and then the episode, uh, well, it doesn't end. I'm sorry. It's not the last scene. There's another scene. We have to go back to the ruins. We have to go back to the ruins with, uh, with, uh, Joey and Dawson. And there's a then the, there's a classic Joey and Dawson conversation where things are said in weird subtextual ways, and I can barely. I keep think the up. most important thing to know is this whole scene is set to Sarah McLaughlin's "Full of Grace," so it's like very <laughs> poignant. Oh yes, and they're sitting next to the water, so you know George. some shit's about to go down. I love that she walks in and says, "Set phasers to stun. I come in peace." <laughs> casual, a casual, so thing casual. Your very mad friend. So I will say he continues to be, obviously, a giant pill to her. But at least (laughs) they make it slightly less annoying because he, like, expands it out beyond just being mad about this one thing and being like, I feel like our whole friendship is weird and you're constantly, like, giving me a hard time. Because I think if he was still committed to the idea that our friendship is over because of this one thing, he would cross even the Dawson boundaries of unlikable. So I think it's smart that they Mm -hmm. made it about more than that. It's, like, about everything we've seen in the show so far. I agree. And I think that he sort of... um acknowledges the fact that they are in that weird position of like friends not friends maybe more maybe not without in an, in a way that he hasn't yes. so far which is kind of acknowledging the fact that that it's complicated instead of just being lighthearted and fun like their relationship whatever it is 
Like in the past, he's sort of given like slight acknowledgement to the fact that there might be more there or there's not or whatever. But he's always sort of done it with like a little smirk and, you know, like a little knowing wink. And this time he's sort of like, no, I, he sort of understands that, that with that not knowing what they are comes a lot of like pain and miscommunication. And that's part of the, what they're going through right now. So I did appreciate that. And then they actually get into at first a charming, but a very long hypothetical discussion about their wedding and how like in another life they got married and they broke both brought dates to the thing and then he had to decide are you going home with your wife or your date and then she was at the bar and she was flirting with a rich guy and he got fresh and he had to fight him did he fight him i don't know how did the night end i don't know either i don't remember it's kind of hazy it just like it starts charming and then just keeps going and going that's like the 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 uh the breakdown that Gabby just gave you sounds silly, but that's literally like the conversation they have. It just keeps forever like, going in this very like just tr- silly way. And he um, kind of backs out at the end because she says, "Did we save each other that night, Dawson?" <laughs> so serious. <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, I don't remember." <laughs> Such a pussy. I know, but again, it's just like. The whole time, it's just like, okay, that's enough. Thank you for this metaphor. (laughs) They knew they had to have an emotional beat at the end of kind of like, where are we with this? But instead, they chose to have seven. Yeah. Well, and to wrap it up in weird Dawson and Joey weirdness, weird subtext that's barely (laughs) subtext. But it's also like just completely abstract and bizarre. And it's in the end, it remains bizarre and abstract up until the very end of the episode where Joey's like, I just want you to know that no matter how it ended, I had fun or whatever. Yes. <laughs> like, to clarify, at their imaginary wedding, they were just describing. Yeah, right. It's like, what are we talking about anymore? I'm not really certain. And no. again, because it's like, you think that's the button on the scene. And it's like, well, no matter what's happening, like, we still love each other. And like, you know, no matter how it ends with like us being together or not, we're still friends. I, that's how I could interpret it if I did a lot of work on my end to interpret that comment. Right. So yes. that's like that emotional note. She walks three feet away from him and they've had this discussion earlier about whether their friendship will last or whether it'll be in a museum of like dead friendships or whatever and she looks back at him from maybe three feet away and says out loud headed straight for the smithsonian so like instant turn she's like no our friendship is not doomed and it's not gonna last from four (laughs) feet away just kidding this is over (laughs) see you never and yeah that's the end of the episode i actually went on and watched like the first 10 minutes of the next episode but then i stopped myself but i know because we share a hulu oh my god So I can see what you do. Um, but I think that just shows that this, again, even though, even though nothing is really happening, it does start to feel like these are when the episodes are on a roll and you want to just keep rolling into the next one to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Shit's heating up. Um, Yeah. So fantastic. Great. That's a wrap on Dawson's Creek episode four, Discovery. Let's talk about our extra things. How are we doing on uh, Jen's Punishment Watch, Zoe? What? I'm sorry? Let's check in with uh, our anchor, uh, Bob, about the Jen Lindley Punishment Watch. I would love to. So for this episode on the Jen Lindley Lindley Punishment Watch, we had, I said that we have her continued relationship with Dawson because I feel every episode that that's going on is a punishment to Jen. So there's that. Um, A lot of slut shaming in this episode because uh, Jen sort of comes out of the promiscuity promiscuity Mm -hmm. closet. So from both Grams and Dawson, um, and uh, we both get a lot of slut shaming and 
um, totally ignoring any trauma that she might have suffered along the way. And the only person she confi- can confide in is her grandpa, who's in a coma. Um, we also have Joey continually pushing away all of her attempts at friendship. Um, and even in the face of Jen sort of uh, accepting that Joey has complicated feelings for yeah. Dawson, still is not into it. Uh, and finally, uh, Jen has to do a humiliating ADR scream session recording, which was yes. humiliating. <laughs> It, especially with a hottie mustache looking at you, I wouldn't want to have to be fecking up in front of that guy. That's right. It's the sort of sort of a beefcake <laughs> with a mustache. <laughs> Gabby's who would you do of of this episode? So hot. So hot. Um, so our last picture show segment, there really weren't a lot of movie references in this one that I caught. Um, so we just watched the accidental sex tape that turned on Joey and Dawson and everyone. Um, titillated Mm -hmm. the the whole crowd. (laughs) So we didn't really have much beyond that. So I was just clocking the songs. We had Full of Grace, World Outside by the Devlins, Amnesia by Toad the Wet Sprocket, and other ones. I'll put them on the list, but they're very, like, again, these are real songs with real names. I feel like that will change as we get further into the show. Absolutely. Uh, And there was a book reference. Dawson says something about the world according to Pacey, obviously referencing the book World According to Garp by... I don't remember his name, but I've seen the author in a live reading because I went to a thing with my parents and my brother in New York City called, whoa, called, cool. called Harry, Carey, and Garp, where it was oh, it was whoa. Stephen King, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I can't remember whoa. his name, but the guy who wrote The World According to Garp, all on like thrones on a wow. mystical stage, just talking. Holy shit. That's that's kind of a star-studded cool. author cast. Damn. Okay. I, was ma- I started making fun of you, but I would totally go to that. It was pretty sick. <laughs> Um, so Gabby, what are you taking away from, what's your life lesson that you've learned from this episode? Great question. Thanks. <laughs> it's your question. <laughs> See, I believe that all the mysteries of the universe, all the answers to life's questions can be found in a Spielberg film. I think for this episode, it was that how de- like potentially painful secrets can be and that there's not necessarily a right or good way to deal with them because I think both in the affair and the virginity issue I think we've shown that no matter what anyone in that scenario did it would have been bad mm-hmm. and would like someone would have been mad and upset um so mm-hmm. secrets are complicated and uh but if you're the adult like uh Gail or Tamara then it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to not put the knowledge of an affair or someone's sexuality that they could accidentally reveal on children and force them to bear that load for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Zoe, um, did you learn anything from this lesson? From this? Fuck. No. What was your lesson from this from episode? <laughs> My lesson from this lesson would be <laughs> that um, I think when you are a teenager, the instinct is to think about sex and sexuality as something that you do that's going to inform other people about who hmm. you are. And that the emphasis is on that of like things that you do and when and and how, what that means in in reference to like others around you. But no, but the reference or the what we should be more concerned with is how sex makes you feel and how your sexuality, what your sexuality means to you and uh, your sexual experiences feel like to you, no matter what mindset you were in when you had them or made a decision with somebody to have them or you know I we don't really check in with ourselves as a culture about what sex means to us personally in the moment and that's like the most important part (laughs) so 
Um, that would be my life lesson I took away from this That's bad boy. That's a great point. Thanks so much, Gab. <laughs> I was thinking from this episode, because we had so many, like, confessions of non-virginity or just losing one's virginity. Has that ever anyone ever, like, come to you like that and been like, it just happened? <laughs> well, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyone before undergraduate school? Uh, no. I mean... We have a well, our mutual friend in uh, high school. Our one, yes. The yeah. main no, one. I don't even... Yeah. Um, was not a yeah. virgin. Lost her virginity in high school, and at some point, I must have found that about that from her, <laughs> from them. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just didn't have. It didn't feel like it had that weight that I was like, oh my god. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess. We also have another mutual friend who we had from younger that also did confide yeah. or whatever. That was sort of a thing. Because she was, like, part of a very tight-knit group that we had in yeah. middle school. Um, and at one point, she lost her virginity and told us about it or told you about it. I forget how it went down. but um, And that sort of had more of an effect of, like, oh, wow, like, you're different now or whatever. And I've known you since we were kids, so it's, like, very different to like know and I think that's yeah. why I think this might be the same person that you're thinking of because the only one I can remember is that I think it's the same person they told me by putting headphones on my ears and playing the song I'm not a virgin anymore by Poe so that's like why it's <laughs> yeah. memorable because it was such a strange like she was looking into my eyes while the song played for me and I was like good good yeah right how do you respond to that so yeah but other than that I have no really not a lot of um experience with people telling me that they're not it's just so funny because like high school shows are so much about either losing one's virginity not and hearing from others that they have or have not lost their virginity and that was so little a part of my life and virginity is such a fake thing it's so funny to think about how important it is for so many people and for me it was a huge very important for me i felt like i needed to lose it immediately um, even though looking back, I can totally see that I was not ready to have sex before <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. Like, I think we said this before, but yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with like when I, me and me had sex, like I wasn't being, <laughs> like, I was just like, get in and get out. I wasn't romancing myself. Right. I wasn't that comfortable with my own body yet. Right. I can't even imagine what the circumstances would have been if I had had sex when I was any younger than I was, which was like 19. Yeah. We can, so. we can cut this as off topic, but have you watched Pen15? No. <sighs> okay. I'm working on it. I just watched Russian Doll, so okay, I'm okay. getting You're on the right there. track. It's just it's so accurate to that stage okay. when we were doing self love, but not love with other people. Okay, noted. I mean, I, it's on my list. I'm working my way toward it. Okay, Don't right, worry. Right, right, right. right, 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 right. Oh, I just bumped the microphone. Um, do we do anything else? So I think we should <laughs> theoretically do like a um. Hey guys, so thanks again for tuning into this episode. I hope you learned as much as we did. Uh, make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, write a review, five stars for this podcast. <laughs> Please write a review. Please tell your friends mm. about us. Um, you know, it helps. That's basically the only way people find podcasts yeah. are by scrolling around and and if you re- if enough people review us, then we show up on whatever like homepage, blah yes, blah yeah. blah blah blah. And also word of mouth, um, like if it, your mom is having sex with a coworker, yep. please tell him about our show. <laughs> you please march directly up to that coworker. I don't care if he's midpointist with your mother. Get in there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 
<laughs> decide what's important to you <laughs> and follow through. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so yes, we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. And that's it. But you should follow. And follow our amazing Spotify where we'll be adding the songs from each episode each week as they accumulate. Mm. Uh, And any other, anything else? Uh, You know where we are. You know where to get in touch with us. I would love it if you had questions Um, and you submitted them and we could answer them. Oh, that would be incredible. Or, questions or yes. suggestions were also open to. Or if you had to. stories of like, if you actually watched Dawson's Creek when it was airing, like a normal person, if you have any insights there, I would love to hear those. Please, because we didn't, yeah. as you know, we 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 found it as full because adults. Because of a plate. <laughs> yeah, because of a plate. Um, So that's about it. Until next time, I don't want to wait for our lives to be I over. Wanna right I want to know right now. What will it be? What will it be? We'll see you guys on the creek. <laughs>